I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, helping the world grow a little more extraordinary. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Strange Horticulture, a game that was developed by Bad Viking, published by Iceberg Interactive, and was released in 2022 on Windows, Mac OS, and Switch. Uh, but first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. And it's Fanbruary! Oh my god! They're eating me! <laughs> now they're gonna eat me! Uh, they ate plants. That was like the whole thing. The, the goblins uh. in Troll 2 were vegetarians, so they turned people into plants and then ate them. Um thematically appropriate uh <laughs> and uh this suggestion comes to us from janelle uh who you may have heard on the podcast a couple of times mm-hmm. uh and also uh it's coming off of our first ever podcast vacation um which lasted just over a month we're back now mm-hmm. you can stop crying i finally. went on actual vacation at the end of the of the first vacation. vacation yeah. There were two vacations that did cause an issue. So, February will probably become Farch. <laughs> it will become Fart March. Fart March, where we uh, talk Fart about out the rest of February. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but don't worry about that. Uh, if we continue to do fan suggested games into. March, that is why it happened. Also, if you're in the Discord, join the Discord. Um, Suggest games more often. We'll take a look at them. Yeah. We'll do them. We probably will. We used to take forever to get to that, but not so much anymore. Yeah. Please suggest. We got big plans, but not enough of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, Strange Horticulture is the game we're talking about today on No Clip Pocket. It is a puzzle adventure game, uh, plant identifier mm-hmm. simulation. Uh, much like you call a episode of a TV show a bottle episode or a movie like a bottle movie where it takes place in one location, mm. uh, this is a game sort of like a Little Inferno or something like that. Or like a Five Nights at Freddy's. Sure, where you, it takes place on like one screen. Yeah. So, if that adds any context. <laughs> Yeah, it's got sort of a bottle a, game. It's a bottle game. It's got it's got sort of a uh, almost like an old feeling sort of vibe in in the way that it's set up. There's a uh, a lot of there's like one screen that you pre- predominantly interact with, and then little other bits that you can click on and get information from uh, laid throughout. But the actual it, it's it's not a retro game really at all. It's a very modern. Uh, adventure st- game styled game, uh, <laughs> but it does it has it has a vibe to it is how I want to say it. Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a vibe. Yeah, my first note before I then put a note above it because I ran out of room. Good uh, was atmosphere. Okay, atmosphere. in big letters. Um, I'm a big atmosphere person. I care a lot about that in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game takes uses my like number one cheat for atmosphere is that it's always raining outside weather sound effects i think are like a shortcut to victory (laughs) when it comes to atmosphere wind um like we played a game called 999 that takes place on like a big boat and there's always the creaking of the boat in the background you know yeah walking through snow and crunching footsteps stuff like that 
uh, it's like a very easy way to like amp up the atmosphere, I think, very effectively. Yeah, and it's a game that takes place entirely within a, a flower shop. Uh, we'll get into why that isn't really true uh, <laughs> later, but it is like that. That's the idea: is, is you get new plants, and then the plants start filling up the the shelves in front of you, and so you, you pick up all these things. And it, I, I think that presentation is very important to it because the game is like dangerously close to being whimsical, mm-hmm. but it has to pull back because of the the the, the narrative of the game and everything have a lot darker themes uh, than you might think going in. Yeah, like, I, I think I would describe it as, like, a very niche concept. Um, I, I, it's very, reminds me of, like, a very, like, Tumblr subculture, but nowadays poor, probably more accurately a subreddit kind of thing. Right. Uh, interest in horticulture or just, like, keeping plants in general. Um, there's definitely, like, communities of that. Um would fit into things like cottage core and shit like that <laughs> that I don't know anything about. Right. Um, but it takes a concept like that and I think adds mystery, adds atmosphere, does enough other things to make it more broadly accessible. Yeah. Like I think on paper it sounds like a thing that like not a lot of people would like. <laughs> but having a, a, having played it, I think a lot more people would enjoy this than you'd initially think. Yeah, I think this this appeals to a much broader audience than you would imagine off off the top, like when you first see it. I do want to say it's important to note, like this game coming from Janelle. We made a, a note on an episode <laughs> that we did uh, last year on uh, Night in the Woods, where we were like, we want to say more about this game, but it kept nagging at us that we had found like a niche that we were so deep into that like there was nothing we could do to get out of it. Like if we play the game, we're like, this is exactly like 15 other games that we've already talked about. Yeah. Janelle's niche is this game as well. Like other games that she suggested and games that we've played uh, or that I've seen her playing Mm -hmm. this like sort of dour but like cartoony and cute, but also with like sort of a paranormal or supernatural angle to it. Yeah, like a cozy game. Like a cozy grove, a game yeah. about ghosts that's Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I know like Spirit Fair, mm-hmm. Necro Barista. These are, are all some games like this. These are all some games. <laughs> so we definitely have pegged her as far as like where on the the spectrum she she stands in in the indie game. Uh, choice community. Yes. Uh, and I, I did think about this when I was like, and th- that aesthetic plays into it. Like there is something about this is, is uh, it's appealing to that kind of an audience. Uh, I think mm-hmm. um, one thing I wanted to get into at least relatively early on uh, is that we've played other puzzle games. Um, it's not super common that we play them on the, on the podcast, but we, we've talked about a few and uh, this, I mean, I do classify it as a puzzle game. Most of what you're doing is uh, would be would be a puzzle in most games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is so much more accessible. Uh, the puzzles are, and we'll talk about a few uh, here and there as we go on. But by and large, I think that the puzzles in this game are the kind of puzzles that make you feel real smart when you solve them, uh, because they're just not as absurd. As, like, a dedicated puzzle game usually is. 
Yeah, they're less puzzles and more like you're given this little bit of information and you have to like fill in the rest of the picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's a word for that type of puzzle, but it is a different kind of thing. It almost reminds me more of like, and this is a loose comparison, but something like Obra Dinn, yeah, where you like have some information and then you have to make like inferences and you know induction and all that stuff. Yeah, that is the word that I would probably use. Like induction, deduction, that kind of a thing is. It is Oberdin, I think, is the closest comparison yeah. that we it's have. Like open that book, <laughs> and you fucking read, and you figure it out. Yeah, and you, and it doesn't give you. I mean, the, this game has an in-game hint function. Uh, the one time I used it, it just told me exactly the thing to do, which makes me wonder how it is most of the time. But I, I didn't experiment with it. Yeah, I used it like two or three times, and I had the exact opposite experience where it gave me like a useless clue. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> so that's so, weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we don't have a good sample size. But yeah, but most of the things they ask in this game are much simpler than what Oprah Din tasks you with doing. But I still think that the actual object of each of the games is very similar, mm-hmm. especially when you compare it to something like Steven Sausage Roll or Bob yeah. Is You. These so, are games that are like uh, very logic puzzle heavy and are difficult to get through for certain types of thinkers. Yeah, it's definitely, like, not, like, a classic video game puzzle-style puzzle thing, like, pushing ice blocks around. Right. Or, like, you know, anything like that. Yeah, I agree. I think, when you think about puzzles in a puzzle game, I do think that you separate it a little bit from the ice block thing, but also... If you're just thinking about puzzles in games, this isn't the the style of puzzle that you would get in an action game. Mm-hmm. This is the style of puzzle that you get from this kind of a game, or like a book, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. Or, you know, solving problems in actual life is a thing that I would compare to, to this type of problem solving. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I found them very... I, I, I found them... Very satisfying to do, um, especially a lot of the ones, like the harder puzzles I found more satisfying, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole reason to make a <laughs> puzzle harder is to make it more satisfying to solve. But so many games get it wrong and are, they make the puzzle so abstract, so moon logic, like a point and click game. That it's frustrating and impossible to solve. Mm-hmm. I very rarely found myself going like, mm, maybe I should just Google this one, uh, because everything was always reachable in some way. Uh, it meted it out in a good way, and I, I found that to be good. It makes the game a smooth experience to go through. Yeah, like, I was there when you started this game, mm-hmm. and what like the one of the first things that happened was somebody came in and asked for a plant, and it told you what they were looking for, and you were like, ah, like I want to figure it out, right? And I knew right from that comment that you were gonna like this game more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I disliked it or anything, mm-hmm. but like that response suggested to me like you were going to be like into the core like conceit of the game more than me that's fair and i do i will say that like by the end of the game not to like skip ahead and get into any sort of like ending territory the it, it gave me the rare experience of being like i kind of wish that there were more not that there was more to the game in length mm-hmm. but there were more individual plant puzzles on each day because i felt like the way that i was playing it 
I would like sort of sort out all of my shit and do the tarot card. And then I would just rapid fire through all the plants because I had them all like laid out in front of me already. Mm -hmm. And then the day would end. And then I would do some cataloging at the end (laughs) be like, what did I find out? What new plants do I have? Got to check these and those. And then I would end it and move on to the next and rinse, repeat. And that's how I performed it. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed the way, like, the conceit of the game and, like, what it was asking me to do. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) You you nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, it was just so obvious from the drop of the hat. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like like this is an interesting avenue of conversation, at least to me. Like, because I feel like I just kind of started playing the game wrong um from like my experience because like i sat down with it and i didn't like find the tags immediately Mm. and initially like the fun part of the game for the first couple of days was like keeping all the information in my head for myself um and i did not imagine that there would end up being 77 plants (laughs) uh by the end yeah uh so like i I, I went to, like, halfway through the game not labeling anything uh, and then finding the auto-labeling in the menu um, and then letting that label most of the plants after that. Yeah. And it's something that, like, I feel like I used to be a lot worse about with video games. This is one of those things that, like, doing a video game podcast and playing 200-plus games Yeah. in, like, six years will do, but, like... I feel like I used to make a lot more assumptions about games and like lean into my comfort zones a lot more and like not really consider context as much. I've gotten much better about that. I think that's just human instinct for most people. Um, But like this is one of those games that made me really feel that where like I got like halfway through the game and I was like, well, fuck. Like I, (laughs) I just like totally fucked myself by like not labeling anything for the first half of the game because I thought like my initial experience with it was like oh i'm gonna put myself in the character's shoes Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna know stuff about the plants and like i'm gonna like someone will come in and ask for something i'm like oh that's (laughs) widow's woe or like that's fox button i know that right as the horticultural expert (laughs) and i can just like give that to them like i thought the scope would be more manageable mentally and then it ballooned out of control and i was like i wish i would have let the game label everything from the end. <laughs> because the because we played it but we both played it on switch yeah and i laughed at the idea of using the switch keyboard to label everything myself yeah i and it was surprised that you did it i yeah i i got to the, that the first point. thing i said to you before mm-hmm. you started playing was turn auto labeling on immediately yeah and I think, but anyway, I, I'll let you. No, you're talk, right. Because I just talked for like five minutes. <laughs> if you're playing on Switch, turn auto labeling on immediately. There's an argument to be made that you should turn auto labeling on in on if you're playing on a different platform as well. Um, and sure, but the the Switch keyboard is not a good keyboard. What I should have done at some point, well, either what I should have done is when you said turn on auto labeling immediately, I should have said I'm just going to play this on the PC. Where I have a keyboard that I could type I it in. I thought about saying that as well, but I was like, eh. Yeah. I do recommend... I would say that this game is probably best experienced on PC. Um, just for the sake of, one, 
the labeling and two, the text is so fucking small that having a higher resolution display and one that you're sitting closer to would make it a lot easier to read. Though I do appreciate the magnifying glass and the fact that it's mapped to a button on yeah. the Switch. Uh, sidebar, just on that real quick. Yeah. Found it to be cumbersome at first, but then became surprisingly natural to do. Oh, yeah. To just use the magnifying glass to read everything. I will say I tried playing it in handheld mode and quickly decided that oh, yeah. wasn't an option. You need the magnifying glass much more. Yeah, it is it is a nightmare in that case. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the magnifying glass is an interesting... We'll get to talk about it in a fucking minute. Uh, <laughs> the point was, the labeling of the plants was an interesting... It's it's a to me it felt like a medium between you and the game where the label signified that you were thinking about the plant. So for me what happened was I would auto label things. I mean the auto label happens when you identify it. So if you played uh fucking Heaven's Vault uh when we talked about that a couple of years ago also, Janelle suggested game. Yeah. Also in the same vein of this. I was gonna say that earlier, <laughs> but then didn't. Yeah. Uh, def- definitely within that that zone. No uh, more of a sci-fi thing, less of a supernatural thing. With these like gods and shit, but whatever. Um, in that game, uh, there was there's a language mechanic where you translate words. Uh, and we, they, everyone laughed at me because when I played the game, I got a book that had a bunch of words in it and I spent like two hours just translating the whole book and like, didn't stop. I was like, gotta get all these words. And this game made me do the same thing, but the book is just omnipresent, which does spread it out. It means I didn't spend two hours at once labeling all plants that I could identify, but it does mean that I spent a bunch of time looking at the book and looking (laughs) at plants and labeling as I went along. Uh, and I found that really enjoyable to do. So I think your method, method, your accidental method that you did at the beginning uh-huh. is an interesting one, but one that would have to lean way harder into the elixir mechanic that barely gets touched in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one of my notes is just, I wish there would have been like 30 less plants. Yeah. So that it was like possible to remember details about them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cross-referencing because nobody's going to hold yeah. all that information. But in yeah, head. I realize that's like a personal quirk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it depends on what you're looking to get out of it, right? Like, if what you want is a game where you're learning a thing, which I think this game does a good job Yeah, like, at. I really think that would, like, at least in my head, would, like, align the gameplay and the narrative where, like, the character you're playing is supposed to be a horticultural expert. Right. And, like, if the game, like, made you learn it and recall the information more yourself, it kind of aligned them better. I agree entirely. I, I just think, yeah. But I think it's, like, it... kind of impossible with the amount of plants you get. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the scope of this game is just, like, not necessarily bigger, but it's different. Like, they want... Denser, their... maybe. Maybe. They want... A lot of things. There's I more think. breadth. There's a breadth of stuff, <laughs> as as is often said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think and and like I said, I think the the elixir mechanic would have been an interesting way to make fewer plants go further, mm-hmm. uh, because you'd be able to mix different things in a way. Like the ideal version, and this is just me seeking that 
perfect magic system that I've always been wanting <laughs> for my entire life. Yeah. Would, you can make elixirs, like, by yeah, just reading the book thing. and thinking, like, these come... Well, it's like the... um. The cooking system of Breath of the Wild. Exactly, yeah. But for elixirs. I want something that's like, These oh, this These logically one... would go together, <laughs> and then it produces a result that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. This is a, this plant hurts your head and also restores forgotten memories, because those are the plants I put into it. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. That's what I, that's would have been fucking neat. But they went with a, the plants themselves are what, like, the majority of everything comes from. And the elixirs just seem to show up to like ease the end... burden at the end. Yeah, it's like an end game thing. Yeah. Uh, pretty neat, though. I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this game definitely like incorporates a story <laughs> that gets more involved. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, like you were talking about Heaven's Vault, where, like, I made fun of you specifically for just sitting in the boat or the ship or whatever and reading the book for two hours. Yeah. And just translating the things, <laughs> the the passages. Um, that I think that game allowed you to do that more because it gave you confirmation that you got things right. You yeah. can't really do this that in this game because... Like, you can go through the book and look at all the plants you have and make guesses like you were doing, mm-hmm. but then you can't confirm them till you get customers. Right. So you have to progress through the story. Um, but, um, yeah, so this game, it, it incorporates, like, this map, right? You have this, like, mechanic that's, like, the will to explore, and you get these tarot cards, also a very Janelle thing. Um, <laughs> and they give you these little hints that, are like, let lead you to locations on the map. And I think that this was, like, a really cool implementation. Um, like, I don't know if you could really do it that much better. Like, I think, like, the puzzles in it tended to hit just right. Like, they weren't too complicated. They weren't too easy. There's a, They give you all these little tools. Like, mm-hmm. they give you this little, like, rune thing. Yeah. Um, that, like, has a little square in the middle that you place on a square on the map, and then it leads you to different locations based on these, like, little glyphs on it. That, like, you get from the beginning of the game. Right. And then you don't use it till, like, a third plus of the way through it. So, like, I think stuff like that's really well implemented and adds to this kind of, like, mysterious... Um, I don't remember what you, word you use, like, macabre or, like, something. I don't know if I said um, that, but, that yeah, it's something. Yeah, probably. kind of, like, interesting atmosphere that there is to this game. Like, there's, like, a... Yeah, like, there's, like, always something to discover. Like, it adds to that feeling of, like, mystery and intrigue. Yeah. The map is a is a big sticking point for me because I think I really like the mechanics that it enables. I like the... I, I like the fact that it lets you just randomly go anywhere if you choose to. Uh, but also... That, that they use it both for puzzles and as, like, an unlocking mechanism. Like, you have to go places in order to find new plants and scout them out based on information you have. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a lot easier to read. Yeah. That's really it. Like, the, both the font and the size of the font made it very hard for me to, like, 
fucking I had to like st- there are multiple instances when playing this game that I st- had to stand up and just walk over <laughs> and like take a good look at the TV and be like okay that one is fucking Avrabruck or whatever mm-hmm. uh, in order to figure out where things were and uh, that was like that's my only real complaint I think that it is very good as a as a mechanic it's just it's just a lot there's a lot of squares on that bitch yeah, uh, as the, classically they say. Yeah, like, I didn't have that much of a problem with it personally, but like when the game hands you an item which is a magnifying glass and says use this to read the text, then uh-huh. the text is probably too small in the game. <laughs> um, so I can't really argue against that at all. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like to me it was like a really interesting, like a really effective way of like like adding to that atmosphere like it feels like it gives you that like when you you're on that one screen and the map i think is a really effective way of like giving you that like window into the larger world of the game mm-hmm. uh, like a, a games i mean games have done this forever um like there's always invisible walls or like barriers you can't get through and like hollow knight is an example that comes to mind like you have things like the howling cliffs or if you go all the way to the edge like the wind blows you back and it makes you wonder what's beyond that point. But, right. you know, obviously the game has to end somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like, this is the thing that games have always done. But, like, I think that it's, like, a really effective way for this type of game, you know, that has the one screen um, to make itself feel big. Yeah. I think <laughs> we're going to get into a bit of a sticking point for me. Um as we progress down this this line of thought. But I think the, the map helps to give context to the characters that you keep conversing with, either by having them come into the shop or by sending you letters. It, it's, it shows how sort of there are different areas of the map where it's both like it's socially different in those areas. And they're different people uh, from them. And I think they do a good job of separating the people who are from Undermere, where the actual game takes place, and the people who are visiting from out of town. Uh, and that kind of thing. I think I think the map, like you said, gives a context to the bigger world and also helps the story to exist. Like, mm-hmm. it has to have that space to, to flourish. Yeah, it carries a lot of weight yeah. for the story, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> I think the story I am I am lukewarm, I will say, on the actual narrative of this game. I mean, me too. Okay. <laughs> like I, I I I'm the kind of person that like super appreciates that there is one. Yeah. And I like all the presentation. I think it really elevates the game. Mm-hmm. But like it's clearly not the meat and potatoes. Right. So like I really appreciate that it's there, but it's, like, just as good as it needs to be to, like, justify its existence. <laughs> yeah, it does not branch. It's It doesn't, like, ascend mm-hmm. to being, like, a great part of the game or, like, the reason to play it or anything. Yeah, it's really interesting to see them because it's such a... Th- so the concept of this game, of you being a horticulturalist who is working a 
supernatural magic plants shop. Right, that you inherited from your uncle. Of course, in classic... Uh, Harvest Moon fashion. Correct, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> or your grandfather. I said who, uncle. Who, I think it might be uncle what, in well, one what? of those games, probably. Who knows? Uh, but it's such a good concept that has a lot of... Uh, that the game uses those ideas in ways that are unique and interesting that I actually really like. Uh, the designs of the plants are really cool, and everything that you do with them, it, it gives this, like, tangible, very real... The magic is real in this world, and the, the plants are your vessel through which you can understand that. Mm, that's like the magic system. Right. But why, though, does your character have to go fucking perform a ritual why can't you just give the plants to them and have them go and the reason is because the narrative is is the yeah, driving you, force you want to be there for it exactly yeah. and it makes it like very like it, the drawing at the end of the of the servant of the the oh, big yeah. monster is so fucking underwhelming like it's not <laughs> a bad drawing it's just like you go through the whole game and you don't expect there to be like a big fight sequence with fucking Final Fantasy CG pre-rendered cutscenes. Uh-huh. But you don't want just like a paper drawing of the monster yeah. to like haphazardly float on the screen. Uh it's I don't know. I felt like I I really it's like I got to the climax and was like, this is like the lowest energy part of the game for yeah, me. Yeah. The the climax does lack impact, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I, it's hard to imagine a way they could have done it better. Agreed. Um, without being more involved, like um, something like sword and sorcery, where like the the narrative and kind of draws you in more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know, something more like if they would have like dialed it back a bit, and like the the climactic event being like like a character that you've grown to like like there being like a more uh prominent companion character or something Mm -hmm. you have to like make an elixir to like save their life or something like seems more appropriate yeah i would agree with that yeah is it because they introduced the um fuck i literally made it like an hour ago and i don't remember the oh, name of it the one that's like keeps you from dying or yeah whatever. and like having that be like an impactful choice like a a character driven moment where you say do i pr- prevent the death of this person or do i let them go you could be like either use this this mm-hmm. elixir to keep them alive or use the plant that ensures a peaceful death yeah. For the departed into the afterlife, and you, there'd be this emotional moment where you're like, I don't want them to go, but maybe it's the right thing to do to let them go. Yeah, like it ties it more into the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, we get a big monster. I mean, I love a big monster. Yeah, like, we all know. They lead into like the puzzle angle where you have to like find out what five plants to use. Right. So, like, that's kind of like the final test, and it's less like of a interesting narrative choice. <laughs> Yeah. And that, I don't know, that just, to me, that sucks. I feel like the choices that you do get to make to influence the narrative are so separated from it that it's hard to tell what your choices even mean. Yeah. I feel like the narrative elevates the game a lot, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't stick the landing at all. Right. It's a, 
it's the mortar that holds the <laughs> bricks together. But when you look at a, a just a gorgeous house, you don't go, damn, that's good mortar. Yeah. You go, that mortar is doing the thing <laughs> it's supposed to do. <laughs> it's keeping this from falling apart. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks a little bit. I, I wish, I do wish that I had more of a connection. Because they have, like, bios for all the characters. There's a lot of love that was put into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wasn't able to engage with it in a way that I, I think I, I've wanted to. Yeah, it never it never quite comes together. Like, there isn't that merging of narrative and gameplay. Mm-hmm. It, it almost gets there. It does. There are times where, like, like yeah, like, the different, like, narrative branching choices, um, like, where someone will come in and ask for one plant or a different plant, and you have to decide which one to give them. Those are always interesting moments, but, like, that's all that they really ever do with it mm-hmm. um i think yeah introducing more things where like you had to use your knowledge like kind of like what i was getting at before like you absorb this knowledge about all the plants and then like having more opportunities to like make decisions with that knowledge would have been i think better yeah because there's only one right answer at any time yeah there's no point where somebody can come in and ask for one thing and you can like subvert it and give them a second thing yeah like on your own yeah yeah because that, that would be, well, one, that would be very cool and I would love doing it. That would cause a fucking lot more work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I understand why it isn't there. But it is, like, the kind of thing that you want from something like this. So I guess it's, like, it, it's a, something I understand and the resulting game is something I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I do, I long for something a little bit deeper. Yeah, that that, that feels like sequel territory or, or like, a, like a second quest. Ooh, like yeah. when you when you beat this game, it's it tells you how many plants you have left to identify mm-hmm. and lets you keep playing it. Like that would be a cool thing to include is like a more sandboxy system after yeah. the credits roll. Yeah, let you experiment a little more. Let you fucking slap together some elixirs yeah. that nobody knows about. Oh, another speaking of, I wanted to bring this up earlier and forgot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring up that the elixirs don't get used a lot, which you're correct about. But another <laughs> thing that doesn't get used a lot that I wanted to get used a lot more was like the um, lens of truth item. Yeah. Uh, you get an item in the mail, or I don't remember where it comes from exactly. Um, you find a hobo in the woods. Yeah, who gives it to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you need a specific plant to power it, which is cool. Um, uh, but then, like, in it. You move it around things on the screen. Usually the map is where the most things are. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, it illuminates things that were invisible before, uh, which is a really cool idea, um, especially since it's a game where like you have all these papers and you're moving things on and off your desk and, mo- and you know moving things around. And like you, you're not always thinking, oh, I'll check it with the spyglass. Right, yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of potential there to hide secret things mm-hmm. and, like, to do things for puzzles uh, that doesn't get utilized, like, almost at all. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it all came at once. And yeah. then it you get a letter way in the future that you get a little bit more from, and then it kind of goes away. You yeah. don't use very much. The area where you open the drawer, like, it covers up when it's open yeah there's the logo for the game just like on the wood there and man that bothered me that that never did anything (laughs) like that wasn't important right the the lens of truth like illuminated it and Mm -hmm. then it it didn't do anything for like a puzzle (laughs) that disappointed me 
Yeah, it's a bummer. At least that I'm aware of. If it does anything, let me know in the comments. Please tell us. (laughs) It's killing us. Call me an idiot in the comments (laughs) or in a review or whatever. Also, you can pet the cat. You can also pet the cat. That is true. Uh, I had a thing. Mm. What was the thing? Do you have anything? Um... I feel like that was kind of like the last of my stuff. Oh, no, I have this thing that I alluded to before that I wrote at the top of the notes because I ran out of room. Oh, nice. At the bottom of the notes. So when you're trying to identify plants, Mm -hmm. you use this book. uh, Left to you by your grandpa or whatever. Um, And it's illustrations and descriptions. And one thing that... I did early on because I'm like a graphic designer. I'm a visual person. Yeah. Is I would lean on the illustrations of the flowers as a crutch pretty heavily. (laughs) And that worked for a lot of the plants. Yeah. But sometimes it almost felt like intentionally like misleading, like, which I understand, like as the developer, you want to like disincentivize that, like just, having a picture that just shows you what it looks like. Right. It would make the identification process less Uh, of a puzzle. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It felt like a weird experience though. Like the user experience of it, Mm -hmm. like where the, the, the picture felt like it intentionally (laughs) misled me felt bad. So I don't know what your experience was. Cause I feel like you're more of like a, you're more of like a, what is it? Left brain. It's one of them. Yeah, well, whatever. The, the less artistic one. You're the more yeah. reading comprehension one of us. Uh, <laughs> so I wondered if, like, the illustrations threw you off as much as me. Yeah, I there's a note early on in the game that says, like, the diagrams in the book are more for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So don't do whatever. Don't, don't do what Andy's going to do and lean on him real yes. hard. And I tried to take that to heart, but there are several th- things that give you no description of the plant. And then the illustration's the only way you're going to figure out what it is. Yeah, and then when you put them under the microscope, it's just like, it's it's blue. It's blue. It's a blue you know, flower. Like it'll just say something. It'll give you nothing either. <laughs> yeah, which is wild. Uh, and so you have to lean on, on what you get from the illustrations. I want to say I had the opposite experience, where at the beginning of the game, I read that note, I took it very seriously, and then I was deeply upset when I was forced to use the illustration to identify the plant i'm glad that my idea of what the reality would be is correct (laughs) but then when you get later in the game i feel like i was i was on those illustrations a lot more i because they would they would give a description of the plant that had like like the internal is like this is a cross section of the stem of the plant i was like well i can't cut the plant or look at it from above. Yeah, you've not given me the option to do that. So now I have to use this illustration and see, like, how many petals does it have? Or, like, what's the arrangement of the leaves? Uh, that kind of a thing. And, like, the shape of leaves and petals and stuff is very important for that. And I'm really glad this was the point that you brought up because it does lead into what I had, mm-hmm. which I did remember, thanks to this. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think... I really liked the split where it was like there were certain things that you need to look more at the illustration versus you need to read more of the text and, and infer and interpret. But I agree. It There were times when I felt like everything in the book was not anywhere near enough information to even pick 
five plants that could be close to it. Yeah, the, the real death nail for me, and I did have to look a few things up. You mm-hmm. said earlier that like you felt like you never had to. Yeah, I never actually did. There yeah. were a few times when I thought that I might, but then I let it play out. The death nail for me is that it's possible to just not have the plants. Yeah. Um, and that really sucks, I think. <laughs> that there's nothing to indicate that. Because like, you can, from the plants that you have... Assume that you have the plant you're looking for. Right. Try four or so different things and die or whatever. <laughs> fill up your dread meter or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you ever did. Once. Yeah. And then you just solve a little puzzle and it's whatever and you restart the day, I think. Yeah. Um, but like I think yeah, like, it sucks that there's something to indicate that you don't have what you're looking for. Because you can spend a lot of time <laughs> trying to identify over something. all the plants. So, like, I don't know what the solution is, mm-hmm. but, like, that kind of sucks. A little bit, yeah. I, I feel like I was never in a situation, like, I don't think that a customer can ask for a plant that you don't have. They can. How do you progress, then? You have to go, you have to realize that you don't have it. And oh, and, like, go it. get, you, yeah. they, okay, they can't ask for something that you don't have a way that you of can't getting. access yeah. right you have to be able to get it and that did happen yeah, to me on if, occasion. You, if you didn't solve the tarot card or if you have some kind of letter that yeah. you didn't figure out they can ask for a plant that you don't have well you can tell you right now i know exactly why this is less of a problem for me and it's a classic once bitten twice shy yes situation because on one of the earliest days the psychic came in and i was given a choice of two plants and i didn't have the first plant and the book describes the first plan as, like, enhancing psychic ability. And then the second one is, like, a calming agent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really want to give her that one, but I don't have the plant. So I'm just going to give her the other one and move on. And then later I realized that it was the tarot card thing. Once I figured out the tarot card and went there and got that plant, I was like, fuck that. Because <laughs> I want to be able to choose when they give me a choice. So I started doing everything that I possibly could as soon as I could and then saving the the actual like requests for the end. Yeah. I mean that's like the smart thing to do. But like <laughs> once again, like I leaned into my own sensibilities. Sure, yeah. Where like instead of doing everything at the beginning of the day like you did, I have something wrong with me <laughs> where I cannot do that when the little bell icon is flashing oh, like right. i have to progress the story and then do all that stuff at the end of the day when nothing is bothering me to progress yeah that's <laughs> well it took me a minute to even realize that after somebody was at the counter yeah, that you could just go to a mountaintop that's true yeah <laughs> it isn't clear at the beginning yeah yeah it just feels weird they're like can i get this plant and you're like hold on I gotta fucking trek up Mount Everest. You can just wait forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then go get it, come back, and then here you go. Uh, so yeah, I basically did everything the inverse of you. It seems like that I way. did the whole day, and then I would take everything that I had and try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I would do the tarot card first, though. Of course. Before taking any customers. That's the big one. You gotta do that tarot card you immediately. You gotta do it. You gotta yeah. do it. Um, the thing that I was going to lead into, and now I actually have one other thing. So I'm going to try and get through these so this episode isn't way too long to be called a pocket. Yes. Uh, it, the first thing, and this is just a visual note that I wanted to make. The plant's incredible. Uh, yeah. I, am, I am shocked because the game is about identifying plants, so they have to have a lot of detail. But if you look at the plants, just like 
abstractly, you just sort of glance over your shelf of plants. You do not understand the amount of detail <laughs> that they've packed into the, each of those illustrations. You're like, that's a cartoon flower, but mm-hmm. it ain't. Because it's got, like, the specific kind of little antenna thingies and uh, the shape of the petals and the leaves and it's hairy or it's got thorns on it. Uh, it's coming out of some a little sack <laughs> at the bottom. I don't know. There's just some crazy stuff that they do with these plants that have, like, all of these individual little elements to them. And I was just really impressed by how different they made them all look uh, and that they hold up under scrutiny, which the game requires. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, no, I think that the visual variety is really good. Um, and yeah, like there's 77 plants. Mm-hmm. I think I got 59 of them, and they all look distinct and different. There were like maybe a couple of mushrooms. Look kind of too similar, but anyway. Um, you fucking grow up, mushrooms. <laughs> Be yourself. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of found myself wishing that like they were spaced further apart on the shelf. Oh yeah. Like once you have like fifty or so of them, it can they can like be hard to find the plant you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wanted that though, uh, as like part of the experience, but uh, bothered me. Yeah. And that leads into my, my last thing that I've got brewing in the old noggin. Uh-huh. And that is this the game's structure is all about, so you have to self-sustain. They're like, here are your tools. Here's a desktop. Try not to fuck it up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I didn't touch the plants as far as, like, organizing them until, like, day 13. Like, I was well into the game before I was like, I need to move these around. Yeah, I never did. To be able to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as somebody who likes to be organized and put everything back in the drawer after <laughs> using it, except for the book. Right. Um, I never moved the plants because it just felt too daunting because there's so many of them. There's a million of them. It's so wild. Yeah, like, anytime like, you move the watering can, it puts it back. Like, I, the way that it, like, shuffles things around, it just kind of is like, oh, I don't want to with it yeah it's it's a very and like and it felt like a betrayal when you would like do something and then it would just sort of put the plant somewhere i'm like i had a fucking i had a system for that why are you doing this one thing i like that they did with this and this feels like a good little design touch that you would only get from like developing the game and having enough time to think about this (laughs) one of the puzzles requires you to like shuffle these little symbols on Mm. the desk and like the one of the cards that you need for that puzzle is on the shelf yeah and you have to like notice it and pick it up so i like that they incorporated a puzzle element into the plant display area yeah there's a there's a puzzle later on that also has like a sheet of paper that's just by the lab equipment that has, like, the cures for mushroom poisoning on it. So that was always something that... that I do like that, that they, they kept... Like, there would just be some paper laying around. And yeah, they, they there's, put like, it some... That, uh, those kind of elements, are like, always kind of signal or, like, make it perceptible that, like, like thought went into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it definitely shows that they, like, cared... And like wanted to make like an interesting, cool game. Yeah, I think in a play space. And yeah. of course, I didn't put anything back in the drawer. I just put everything on the desk. When I had to move the thing, it is wild to me that you close the drawer ever. <laughs> I don't like having things just like hanging open, <laughs> but I do like to have things piled up. 
Uh-huh. When we came in after a month of not doing the podcast, uh-huh. I had a big pile of shit on my my desk, mm-hmm. on the table. You don't see any of these drawers just hanging open, huh? <laughs> drawers, keep them closed. That's a chair of a promise. <laughs> None of that means anything. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, do we have <laughs> Fox Button Thoughts? Okay, my Fox Button Thoughts are... This game's cool. Uh... <laughs> So, like when when it was suggested, it seemed like like what like we talked about earlier, super a super Janelle kind of game mm-hmm. um, that seemed interesting, but like kind of like Heaven's Vaults when like I heard about it, it's like ah, oh, it's a game about translating a language. Um, this game about identifying plants, where I'm like, that sounds like an interesting idea to base a game around, but like, is it gonna do enough? to grab me, you know, somebody who isn't already interested in that. Right. So, and it absolutely does. Uh, I think it goes just the right amount. Like it knows, I think the people developing it knew that they needed to incorporate like cool presentation elements, like a story, etc., something to grasp a broader audience. And they absolutely have. Um, the game is really intriguing like i think the music is nice the atmosphere is nice um it's a pleasant like play atmosphere um while you're playing it it really like kind of sucks you in you're like pouring over all these things on the desk you're looking at the map you're looking at the book you get really into it and um the core gameplay is satisfying like going through the book having to identify the plants all very satisfying um yeah, like, I mean, I really don't have anything to complain about. Like, the only thing I think that would have, like, made it even better is if the narrative, like we were discussing, mm-hmm. uh, carried a little bit more weight, uh, stuck the landing better. But uh, overall, I think it was, like, really well done. I think, like, the map and the puzzles add a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, just, like, the narrative, the spyglass, elixirs, you know, a few things, like, could have been beefed up more yeah. to make it better. But, like, overall, like, I think this definitely met slash exceeded uh, my expectations. But not by too much. <laughs> but just enough to give... I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, you said a lot of the things that I think I, I want to cap off with. Uh, the Devil's Nightcap off with. Yeah. It's uh, like it gives a dead man's thumbs up. Yeah, you have one dead man's thumbs up. Uh, and that is... It, it did exceed my expectations, I would say. I, I didn't really know what to expect, I guess, so it, it's not difficult to exceed questioning expectations. Uh, but I I was enraptured by this. It was a thing that I felt compelled to continue with as I played it, which is always a good thing. Um, I think that the base puzzle mechanics are extremely good, very satisfying to do, and I think accessible to a, a pretty wide audience. This is, the game isn't too super hard, uh, but it does engage a part of your brain that video games just kind of tend to not do. Uh, and I really like that. Um, like you mentioned, the visuals, the atmosphere, really, uh, they're subtle. It's not over the top, uh, but it does clue you into the game's like darker themes and, and its tone. Uh, and I think it's all very successful because of that. Uh, and like you said, I wish the narrative was a little bit more... I wish that you had a little bit more impact the fact that you have any at all feels sort of token. There are multiple endings, but they're not super different from each other. Um, 
Well, I guess two. There's like two camps of endings that are super different, but for the most part, there's not a lot uh, of difference there. Uh, so I, I wish I I had myself been more absorbed into the narrative, and I wish I had played it on PC or something where the text is a little bit easier to read. Uh, other than that, though, I'd say this is a great this is a great game if you're looking for something that is more slow, contemplative, and quirky. And I think this game sort of fits into that mold. Uh, it's not quite one of the games that we that would be like directly in our wheelhouse, like something like Night in the Woods, but I feel like it is knocking on that door. It's adjacent to it in a lot of ways, uh, but it does things mechanically very different. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I recommend. That's not a thing we do either, but I'm, I'm just going to keep doing that. Uh, thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Well, next time, I'm not even convinced that he intended to recommend this for February, but here we are. Uh, we're going to do something that JJ suggested, which is a game called Cursed to Golf. Uh, and uh, as, we, as you'll hear right now, I'm just going to splice it in. Players are tasked with making it out of golf purgatory to become a golfing legend. All right, let's do it. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear, golf says Andy. Pur- golf purgatory. You had me at that. Uh, it's got golf purgatory, and that's all we needed to hear. Yep. Uh, contrary to what normally happens, I know nothing about what this game is. Yeah. Hell yeah, fam- that's a fanbrewery. That's fanbrewery. That's the fanbrewery guarantee. Uh, <laughs> until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. Uh, there you can find links to our Twitter, our email account, our uh, fucking Discord. Y- the Discord, where you can suggest games for future fanbrewaries or for the fun of it. And we'll, we'll look at it. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, yeah, if you think these hacks never talk about anything I like, let us know. <laughs> Please tell us, because uh, you did apparently listen to this episode, interestingly. <laughs> uh, you can find a link to our YouTube channel, where we post all of our old episodes, including uh, ones on Returnity Over Din, or uh, fucking um, Heaven's Vault. Yeah. And other other games that we talked about literally with Janelle, like Hades or Dragon Age Origins. Yes, or Animal Crossing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, also the YouTube channel has gameplay footage as of, like, episode 90 or something. So uh, if you want to watch me play video games, sometimes badly... Uh, check that out. Yeah, that's uh, but not on the pocket episodes. Not on the pockets, though. <laughs> Don't get baited. Those are low effort. <laughs> that's so, the whole point. You're only getting our lowest here. Exactly. Uh, into uh, into <laughs> brew of the elixir that subscribes to the YouTube channel or on podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. This concludes our podcast day. That's, no, we can't end it like that. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. All right, like, subscribe. Bye. <laughs>
yeah. f- entirely full, open topped, <laughs> right next sp- to the mixer, <laughs> and would spill in a giant puddle. Yeah, 